Hello, everyone. I'm Kevin Miller, and this is The Ziggler Show, where our goal is to inspire your true performance. In this episode, who has really helped you? I mean, recognizing who has helped you is vitally important as it fosters the reality of how valuable help is, how much you need it and benefit from it. Or what if you haven't received much positive help from others? How do you get it? When well, this episode, we listened to a clip on this topic from Zig Ziglar on the dramatic influence of others investing in us and us in them. And then I posted this question to the Ziggler audience, name or tag someone who truly made a positive difference in your life and please explain how they specifically helped you. Well, many, many responses and Tom Ziggler and I talked through as many as we could and really expanded on the value and need of this issue in our lives. So we'll get started right after I share some great products and services with you. A number of years ago, just outside of Boston, Massachusetts, there was a mental institution which for its day was well advanced. But even though this one was ahead of most in the country, they still had a dungeon downstairs where they put the ones for which there was no hope. They had a little girl named Annie, little Annie. And little Annie had those tremendous mood swings. One day, she was kind and loving and gentle. And another day, she became almost a little animal. And uh, she was just absolutely impossible to predict. They had her down in the dungeon. There was an elderly nurse there who was nearing age of retirement. And for whatever reason, she started every day going uh, down there and having her lunch just outside of the cage where little Annie was being housed. And she wouldn't necessarily talk to her. She might speak, might say a few things, but she was just there every day in her own way commuting to her, you are a human being. I do love you. I have an interest in you. One day she took some brownies and put them uh, just inside, and little Annie ignored them. But the next day, she noticed that the brownies were gone. The next Thursday, she took some more brownies down, and the process goes on. Well, the doctors there noticed that there was improvement in little Annie. They decided they would move her up and put her in the treatment process. Later, they pronounced her well. They said, you can leave now. You're okay. You can function in society. But she said, no. You know, this has meant so much to me. It has given my life back. I would like to stick around for at least a few years and pay back by doing some things for some other people. Many, many years later, when Helen Keller received England's highest recognition for a foreigner, Queen Victoria asked her, to whom or what? Do you attribute your remarkable success in life with all of the handicaps, all of the things you've done? Without any hesitation, Helen Keller said, had it not been for Ann Sullivan, little Annie, this would not have happened. In relationship building, you never know how far it's going to go. Well, Tom, the message from your father, Zig, there about Helen Keller, of course, is tremendous. 
I think most people who have listened to this show or who have listened to or read uh, from from Zig, from you, know about his wall of fame, which I got to see in, man, whatever year that was. I'm thinking it might be 2012 or so. Uh, something like that. Maybe, maybe it wasn't, maybe it wasn't that long ago. Two fourteen. When did he pass away? What year? 2012. I think you came to the offices around 2010. Maybe so. Okay. Maybe yeah. so. And I I saw that, uh, it was different offices and what you guys have now, but you walk in and boom, right there on the left, uh, is the wall of fame. It's where we stopped first. I was with Chuck Bowen and Dave Munson. Uh, and we came to see you and your dad and, Saw that wall of fame. Was how many people were on there listed on there? The wall of gratitude, I think, has twenty six or twenty eight. Okay. Obviously, just the powerful message of the people who made an impact in his life. And I've thought, I you know, I've never gone to that length. Uh, I should, but to think about the people who made an impact in my life, and some of those. You know, I, I asked that question here and you hear a lot about long-term stuff. There were some people that had a significant impact in my life that was not a long-term, uh, you know, a long-term relationship necessarily. It wasn't a decade of time that they spent with me, walking with me. It might've been uh, a, a year, you know, three years or some people who were just a part of my life for uh, a sh- relatively short period of time made a big impact that I would put on that wall because they changed the trajectory of my life. I, I mean, that's, that's one where I, it, I think if we take into account who has impacted us, that would be good. And I didn't expound on that in the question here. Um, but you know, as we all think about this, that may be one of the best things that we can get out of this is to stop and think about who made a positive impact in my life. Though my concern with that, Tom, is that people will ask that question themselves and realize they have not had any, and that's a difficult place to be in. And you've seen people in that place. It's hard not to be sad and a bit bitter about that reality. Yeah. You know, I look at my own life and gosh, there were people who had a profound impact on my life. Uh, maybe even just for a moment. Yeah. Right. Just that one idea, that one thought. Uh, I think one of the things that the dad did that was different is he basically, he created a gratitude list and started thinking of all the people who made an impact in his life. And that's how the wall of gratitude really, really kicked off. And he, that was like the big thing. He recommended everybody to do that. Uh, I always smile when I say it, but he would say, yeah, you know, if you ever see a turtle on a fence post, you know, it had help. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. True. And, and that's, that's where that comes from. Uh, you know, something else that's interesting is, a lot of times when we're getting the help, um, we don't even realize it. And sometimes like, like dad later in his life, he would, he would talk about the, the wall of gratitude when people would come in and then he would say, and I didn't even like two of those people up there. <laughs> well, th- but that's an interesting, that's an inch. Int- well, you know what? Uh, keep that in mind because one of the ones we're going to get to, uh, Probably not along those lines, but uh, you know that's one where I'm sure somebody had a positive impact, even though it wasn't his favorite person. But uh, we have a, a a really harsh look at that at that aspect here coming up. Oh, let's just dive into some. It'll bring up, I think, some good points. Uh, Marty Miller Creed. 
Well, that Miller in there is, uh, that's my aunt. Um, and she said, my sister Olive is who had the biggest impact on her, which is interesting because my guess is her sister, Olive, my aunt, Olive, boy, she's been passed away for 20 years or more. I think this is a long time ago, but, uh, Marty says she was my mentor, a beautiful example of a godly woman. Even when battling cancer, she encouraged others and always pointed them to Christ. Uh, she shared her life. And I ask, how specifically did she mentor, mentor you? She shared her life experiences with me so I could learn from her. She provided guidance, motivation, and most of all, unconditional love. You know, that's a family member. How many people have a spouse or a family member? And again, I'm afraid there's a lot that don't, but some that, that do. Uh, but sharing life. And we hear that, Tom. I, I hear that, especially in relation to parents, the value of when the parent, I think authentically and with humility shares their life with their child, the power of that. I got to see that I was an only child for the first seven years of my life. And then even as time went on, you know, so even into my tens and beyond my, my brothers and sisters were very young. So I still got my parents adult attention more. And they were, they were so one of my biggest places of gratitude with them is they let me be privy to their conversations, to their conversations with other adults. But even, you know, my mom and dad, just the issues that they were going through. And I was well aware of the, uh, the successes and the trials. I knew when finances were bad, I knew when they had to sell stuff, whether it was a house or a car or whatever, just to, uh, not go bankrupt. I knew that. And then I knew when things were well and they shared those. I remember mom crying, you know, when this was hard, I remember dad being stressed and being working on, and I'm so grateful they did not shield me from that, that they shared their life experience. It made trial and risk and things like that for me. Uh, I've always said I got that. I got faith handed to me on a silver platter. And so it was no big deal to go out and try something and fail. We talk about that so long, but most of us have never witnessed that or our parents either didn't try much or they shielded us from us, thought that they were doing good. I, I, I've taken that into my life to where, I mean, I don't, my kids know what's going on and uh, for better and worse, but I think mostly it's for better sharing the life experience. And I know you get to do that not only with your family, Tom, but with a lot of people, the folks that you coach, consult, speak to, and, uh, that probably teaches as much as our message. Wouldn't you think? Absolutely. I was, um, I'm working with a, a couple in, in legacy coaching right now. And the, 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 uh, the man is very, very successful. And so we were just kind of digging in. It was one of the first sessions that we had. And I said, well, you know, what is it that gives you this grit, this resiliency? Cause he's, that's a family word they've claimed as resilience, you know? And, uh, he said, well, when I was growing up, um, he said, my dad's just been a fantastic role model and business owner. And he came across a really hard time and some things went against them and they ended up basically having to start over. And, he says they are packing up the house. They've sold the house. They've got one car left. They're moving out. And he's, and he says something like, dad, what are we going to do now? And he said, he said, my dad looked at me and he said, son, this is what I know. There are trillions of dollars of business out there. And we've just got to go get a little piece of that. We're going to be okay. And it shaped his whole life. Yeah. It's like, 
regardless of the obstacle or the situation, he knows that if he is resilient, if he's got the grit, right, if he just keeps that thing. And to me, that's like a, that's a, that's a turning point moment um, for anybody in a family because life is real and it's not all, you know, it's not all, you know, great stuff happening all the time. And his dad could have sent any message at that point. Yeah. Right. But that was the one that he sent and that's what shaped that family. Just an amazing story. Well, and I think it, yeah, that, that obviously it matters what your spirit is along with that. And that's what I, that's what I remember. That's what, that's what influenced me the most. I think is even, I got to see these hardships going and not that it didn't stress them out. They weren't Pollyanna or just, you know, on the rock of, of faith the whole time. But at the end of the day, we're going to have dinner. We're going to sit down. They're going to ask me about my day at school. Uh, and we're going to play a game, watch TV or whatever, and get up the next morning and go out, uh, in expectation that things will get better. And so it didn't, it didn't stress things. I'll, I'll never forget my sophomore year in high school. My mom took me out shopping. We shopped for clothes, school clothes, uh, and went up to the counter though. And I paid for them. Uh, they didn't have the money at that point. They had just about lost everything, but they had taught me to work. So I was working, I had money and I remember that. And I don't remember, I, I think I was probably a little irritated by it, uh, but, uh, you know, life goes on and, and again, it gave me that, uh, f- uh faith, uh, that risk and failure is not a big deal. It's just how we figure things out. And of course I saw their future successes after that. Um, uh, Terry Johnson here, he says, my friend PJ, uh, burn, and it is neat. A lot of people did literally take this as a chance to, to do the exercise and tag people. He said, such a great mentor, and he shares all of his business successes, the processes, everything, as well as his failures with me uh, as part of my learning. He lives the giver's gain philosophy. There again, somebody sharing the process to think about what are we doing? Can we share it with our, do we share it with our spouse? Do we share it with our kids? Is there somebody that we can share it with who's uh, a peer or even somebody who's you know younger than us that would benefit from just the sharing. I mean, that's not some massive teaching. That's not saying, Hey, I have a message and a platform and something I've proven to stand on. That's just to say, Hey, I'm willing to let you be privy to my journey and benefit from it with, uh, with what you will. I think I wonder sometimes we, I know we, we discount ourselves because we think, man, I can't go out and share somebody. I can't benefit somebody until I have knocked it out of the park. And I'm sure you have been influenced and seen a lot of people, you know, Tom, like I have, who are just sharing their journey. And the benefit of that for all of us is so tremendous to see somebody else trying to, it gives us permission, if nothing else. Absolutely. You know, when, when people, it's, when, when you talk about authenticity and a leader um, and influence, you know, the thing that always comes across is transparency. When, when somebody is willing to be vulnerable, uh, that's when that human bond is formed. That's when that influence is maximized. Yeah. Uh, that's when all the things that really make uh, great relationships start to happen uh, is when that authentic, transparent vulnerability. Um, and that's, that's the problem that we see all day because all we see is the mask, right? You go right. on social media, you see the mask, you go on TV, you see the mask. And I, th- I think people are very, very good now at detecting masks mm-hmm. and they're very good at putting on their own mask. Uh, but 
when people start pointing out their mentors, uh, the people who made a life change in them, I think that's one of the things that you'll see often is that authentic kind of transparent relationship that they had. Absolutely. Uh, here's one short one, Thomas Lenski. He says, you do. He's talking to me. He says, uh, who's, who's influenced you. He says, you do, you take the time to listen to me, ask me a couple of questions and then responded. So here's a guy who has is often responds to the Facebook questions that I post for these Q and a shows. And he, a couple times private messaged me. And I mean, granted, like you, Tom, I mean, anybody who's got an audience, you get a lot of people who respond, but, but it's not generally from a personal question. It's not, you get a lot of inquiries. You know, I get, I get more inquiries to be on the show from, from people than anything much, uh, few, much, much, much fewer do I get an actual question? Hey, what do you think about this? And so Thomas did, and I took a little, I, I appreciate that. I'm, I'm humbled by that because it wasn't a big time commitment for me, but I did respond and, and hope that I could help. Um, one thing as you, as people here talk about during this thread that we're going to read about mentors and we talk about just what well, we could mention that now, just the reality that if you want people who can invest in your life, a mentor, like some of these people are talking about to just go ask, I think we look at people, especially people who are successful and think, man, who am I to go ask for any of their time? I'm sure they're busy. You know, I'm not even, I'm not in their peer group I, and they're so far above me and yada, yada. And that's what most people think. And therefore there's a lot of people out there, a lot of uh, prospective mentors who do not have people asking them not for their advice, not for their time. And that was another thing I learned from my dad. Cause he was uh, pretty shameless and he would just ask somebody, Hey, can I just have a minute of your time? Can I buy you coffee? Can I buy you uh, lunch? He would always make a point of that. Not, Hey, can we go to coffee? And I hope you'll pick it up. He said, no, I, I want to buy you. It's an investment. The least I can do is that. And he would do that. And he has people, of course, do that with him today. It's one of the things he, he eats out, I think, probably four or five days a week uh, for people doing this. Uh, so yeah. Ask. Absolutely. You know, Kevin, here's a tip. Uh, in the book, Born to Win, there's a whole section in there about picking a mentor. And a couple of notes there. Number one, to find the right mentor, you have to be the right mentee. And the key there is when, when uh, you, you start having that relationship and your mentor says, hey, you should try this or you should try that. The next time you're with them, you got to report back. This is what happened. This is what I did. Right. And the second one, I learned this, uh, this isn't in the book, uh, but a friend of ours, Paul Barras uh, in, the, in the UK, I was with him uh, a few years ago. Alexandra was with me. And this guy is well-connected. I mean, he knows the who's who list. And uh, we we were having lunch, and uh, I said, hey, my daughter is, is going to college. Uh, what would you recommend for her uh, as far as career and following her passion? And this is what he said. So everybody's listening. Uh, this was his words. Whatever your passion is, find out who number one in that industry is and call them hmm. because if they hear a sincere, I'm passionate about that too. And you might have to be relentless. You might have to be creative, but people who are passionate about something, they love having discussions with other people who are passionate about the same thing. Yep. And so a lot of times 
we miss opportunities every day. The, the wisdom's right in front of us, and we're just not asking the questions. There's ask, ask. Can't, can't go wrong by asking. Kent Beer, I'm not sure he has said the last name. My biggest encourager is without a doubt my wife of 29 years. She listens and gives tremendous advice on dealing with issues that I'm not sure how to handle. She allows me to vent when needed and cry when needed and sets me straight when needed, all without judgment. Uh, second are my see you at the top cassettes which dates that guy. He's still got the cassettes. Uh, I love I, it. <laughs> I, I wouldn't have anything to play him in anymore. Uh, but he says, I heard things I've never heard before from anyone. Zig is my daily mentor. Man, a couple relevant points there. I want to go back to him talking about his wife, but right there, Zig is my daily mentor. Obviously the, the opportunity to have a face to face in your town, across the table in the flesh mentor is tremendous. And, and I'm not, there's not a substitute for that period, but my goodness, that is the benefit that we have these days to have through podcasts. I mean, back then at the height of see you at the top cassettes, that's what you had. You had to order something. You, there wasn't a whole lot to, to listen to in personal development without that today. Of course, we can listen to no end of it, uh, day in and day out, 24 hours a day, nonstop. Uh, but to have that consistent voice, uh, like people had with Zig, that is mentorship. Um, absolutely. And I don't want to discount that even in the face of obviously the power of having it in the flesh. Tom, I know you have both and you benefit from both. Yeah. And you know, some of that is mindset. Uh, you could say, oh, you know, I'm going to listen to that podcast or I'm going to read that book or I'm going to listen to that audio program. And it's just another thing to do. Uh, what I've noticed is that when I talk to people who have been very uh, successful, not just from a financial perspective, but just in life in general, and they say something like, uh, hey, you're, you know, your dad had an impact on me. And then they'll have like this term of endearment mm. and they'll say, yeah, he's like my wise uncle or mm -hmm. my grandfather. Yeah. In other words, their mindset was there's something good here. I'm going to listen. It wasn't for entertainment. It wasn't to perform at the next level. It was, there's some good stuff here. And so their mindset was, I'm going to listen to or read or get engaged with this for that reason. Yeah. Which is, which is, which is awesome. I mean, it's just a huge difference. It is. You know, what's interesting too, Tom, that he, Zig had the benefit from maybe more. I hadn't thought about it. Tonight, maybe more. So now we know the value that we put into something when we have invested more that when we go to the seminar, sometimes the benefit of going to the seminar or hiring a coach or a consultant and paying a pretty penny and investing time and money is now we take it with more gravity. Uh, we value it more. So back then when people were listening to those tapes, I mean, back you know, 20 years ago, see you at the top cassettes, Gosh, is that 20 years ago? Or does that have to be further than that? 30 years ago? Probably 30. Was it? What do they cost? Well, that's the thing is, you know, they were like probably uh, people would pay $150, $200. It, and take inflation. 20, 25 years ago. Yeah. Take, so take inflation. What is that now? Double that? I, I don't, At least. I don't know. Well, if it's 21 years ago, it'd be three times that. Okay. We're investing it. So. So a few hundred bucks. Uh, the value that we put there and the gosh, the intensity that we would put on 
that listening to that getting value, that is something we don't benefit from as much today. I mean, this podcast, you don't have to pay for any, you can go listen to any number. You don't pay for it. And it probably does not lend itself to giving it as much focus. Again, that word gravity and value in your life. Um, so, you know, we should have to do that on our own, but that is the benefit back then from the pain for it. That's a benefit today from hiring a coach, a consultant, go into a seminar is just by proxy. We tend to value it more because of that investment. You are listening to the Ziegler show and our talk on who made a positive difference in your life. Next, I read a comment from one of the guys on my own wall of gratitude. So we'll jump right back in after I share some great products and services with you. Uh, well, here, Todd Zeller and Todd is, Todd is actually on my wall. Um, Tom, he is, but, but that's, but he actually pointed out somebody else who is also on my wall. It's a mutual friend, Scott Stearman. Uh, and you've met Scott before. Scott is a renowned sculptor, uh, all around the country in military facilities and a lot of faith-based facilities at universities and whatnot. You will find life-size or bigger Scott Stearman bronze sculptures. So this is a guy who shares his message in a form that uh, is like no other and will last forever. But Todd said, Scott Stearman was and is a big encourager slash mentor in my life. He sees the good in me every time we talk. I want to be more like him. And that was followed up by somebody else, you know, and I mentioned, I guess I mentioned a minute ago, uh, Tom, Chuck Bowen. Um, right. He said, I echo you, Todd. Scott is an amazing, amazing encourager and role model. Uh, Chuck is uh, a he, he was a renowned coach. He's since gone on to some other business, but he's also on my list. Chuck is uh, as, as encouraged. So there's three of them right there. But I'll tell you, the testimony is to Scott Stearman is his father was one of the biggest encouragers on planet Earth. And, uh, you know, I'm grateful for the remote mentorship I got from your dad, from Zig Ziglar. I'm grateful for the, the blessed couple of days I got to spend with you guys uh, before he passed away. But Scott's dad, Sam, was somebody who I, there was a, a few years of life where he was in and out of my life. I'll never forget him sitting in my unfinished home as we were building it, looking around and going, Kevin, look what you have done. This is Sam, uh, Scott's dad. And then, but throughout the entirety of building that home in my life, Scott has been there to say the same thing. Look what you have done. And that is a legacy that he has continued to share just like you are from your dad. I hope that I give some of that type of legacy to my children as well. But Scott is uh, passing it. He's paying it forward, we'll say. And there's the testimony right there. You know, um, you said the word legacy, and it just popped into my mind. The, the definition that I'm using now for legacy is legacy is preparing those you love to grow through life's most difficult challenges. Mm. And I think that is uh, when I would hear dad talk about his wall of gratitude or when I hear somebody talking about somebody who meant a lot in their life, it was the growing through the challenge that was kind of that turning point, right? It was, we're most open to hear when we have to hear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and so it's, it's interesting how we have that choice to hear. Um, and what I really like about legacy is we can choose uh, 
to be there when people are ready to hear. Gosh, yeah. And some of the greatest mentors, uh, they have that gift. They just know when to show up. Yeah. Yeah. And God, God divinely does that. Um, you know, I failed to go back. I said I would to Kent. We, he, we talked about, he talked about the, the see you at the top cassettes and we went off on that tangent, but he had mentioned his wife and how powerful she was in his life. Uh, so I, on that note, here's another one. Then I want to, I want to talk about that. Don Peterson. He says, my wife, Hazel passed. Uh, she died at the end of April, 2019. Uh, which as of this recording is less than a year ago. She was the best thing that ever happened to me. I saw her live her Christian life in the midst of so much trial and pain. And today while she's passed, I don't live my life asking what she would do. I already know what she would do. Sure. Life is harder now without her. And the grief is just so real. But the honest truth is that I am so thankful and blessed every day from the presence she had in my life and the love she gave me without thought of return. So two guys there, testifying to their wives, but we can just say two people testifying to their spouses. So this is show 754 in show 753. I interviewed Stephen and Mara Klemek and about their book above the line, living and leading with their heart and about heart styles. Uh, but in show following this one, 755 will be the habits show that I walked through with them. And in the relationship spoke, Tom, I, they talked about their, uh, the, the benefit that they've had by being able to be each other's coaches to a point, which as you know, is not what a lot of people have in their relationship. And I can, I mean, I can candidly say that's not always been the case in my own with my own wife. You have to be at a place of vulnerability, of acceptance, of security with each other to be able to be each other's coach to a degree. And so they talked about the benefit of that in that show 75 coming up, but right here in this here, we're talking about two people testifying that that is a, uh, I mean, you've been involved in your own marriage, of course, Tom, but in a lot of other marriages from your dad, Zig and, uh, and his wife, your mom, but you've seen so many from really influential people people who are at the top of success, you know, maybe as the world defines it, but you know, the true story and you have seen this play out. I, I would, you could probably, you know, write a tell all by the people that you have been witness to privy to who have achieved some big things out there, but they have, or have not. Um, so. Wow. You know, that was, that was a big thing with mom and dad, dad always, um, he made it a huge point to let everybody know that mom was his number one account. I mean, there was no, no doubt. And then of course, mom, Oh my goodness. She did all these little things that nobody ever saw for dad. Uh, and they knew that they were a team all the time. And dad was notorious for his airport calls for checking in for all those little things. And yet I see people out there who they just don't have that closeness. You know, yeah. they don't, they don't have uh, what d dad called it the home court advantage. Right. And if in sports, you know, for whatever reason, teams that are evenly matched, the team that's playing at home uh, is going to win, right. Yeah. Because they've got that home court advantage and it's such a powerful thing to have. It. And I feel, you know, I feel sorry for people who don't have that. It's such a big deal. And it's, you know, and, and 
for whatever reason, uh, when you see these testimonies on here, it gives me hope because you don't hear that, right? That's not like the news or the public story of the day about how two people, you know, go through life and they depend on each other and they become, uh, you know, I love that idea of best friends and coaches. I love that. Yeah, that's, that's significant. All right, well, here's a good one. Victoria Warner, she says, Marianne Young, she tagged her, agreed to be my mentor, holds me accountable, checks in with me, expects me to be a better person and models honor and integrity. She also encourages me and points me to God in everything. I love that, expects me to be a better person. I mean, that's a a little bit of a slippery slope, uh, Tom, because I love that aspect of somebody who would see in me and, and say, in essence, man, Kevin, you know, you're great. I, I, I think you're capable of even more. I see you. I, I understand you. I've experienced in you. And I, I think you can even achieve even more that that's great. And we want, I, that's the positive side. That's what Victoria, I think is a test somebody who believes, uh, in us and that we can be even more than we see. That's awesome. Though, Obviously, that can get uh, diluted on the other side if it's the, the the parent. I think is where I think about it most. Who says, "Look, you can do better than that," and it comes and it's that's that's harsh. It may be from a similar heart, but I think a lot of people have probably been harmed by that. You can do better. That's not good. You're you know you could be so much more, and it's a minimizing statement as opposed to a maximizing statement. So that term expectations is a dangerous one, I think. Uh, but when we can, I mean, you get my point, Tom. And I don't even know. I'm obviously stumbling over it a little bit. I don't know what the definition is between it being it coming off sounding minimizing, meaning you're not enough. Now you're not doing well enough. Now it's not that you're, you're awesome now. And you can, I believe even more, I see even more in you. And Zig, your dad was a master of that. I don't know if we just say it was a, a heart aspect. It was uh, how do you weave encouragement in there? So it starts off from a, an encouraging standpoint and says, I, I think you could be lifted up even higher. You know, I read a book, I think it was called How How Full Is Your Bucket? And it talks about how we need three to five positive things said about right, us right. in order to equal one negative thing. And then they did this study on, you know, happy marriages. And what they found is they, they did this little assessment where each cup, each each partner in the marriage would rate themselves on certain character mm-hmm. qualities or attributes, like on a scale of one to ten. And then they would rate their partner and the happy marriages, uh, both partners rated the other person higher than that person rated themselves. Wow. And, and so it's that ability to, to not only raise the standard, but to see the best, to see the potential and then encourage that. And that's a little bit, you know, my mission statement is to create the atmosphere that allows you to become the person that God created you to become. Mm -hmm. And so part of that is, is a mentor, it's like they, if they're, you know, a great mentor, they sees, they see the person God created you to become. They not, they don't see who you are today. They see the potential of who you can become. And they're almost like that, you know, that attaboy, that coach, that, that cheerleader uh, saying, Hey, you can do it. You can do it. But they're also there for you. Uh, without the condescend, you know, condemnation and the judgment when you mess up, yeah. when you say, Hey, I didn't, I didn't hit that. Uh, 
Yeah. Hey, that's okay. You know, we try again. We start over. Well, it's an issue that's of interest to me because obviously I want to be for my kids, the one who validates where they are now, but then also, you know, communicates that they are capable of more. I see more, which I literally do. And I, and of course I think that that's, I'm sure that that's, there's, there's people in my life that see that for me too, to be that encourager to you could achieve even more. You have, you have even more within you. Um, well, here's, here's another one. This is a, a sweet one. Trey Ryder. He says, some of the people that have made a positive impact on my life and my father, Everett Ryder, for supporting me in all my ventures throughout life, the military, and creating my coaching business or seminar. Right there, a father who encouraged everything he did is not, unfortunately, I don't know if that's the, the most common experience people have had, but how powerful. Uh, my sister, Carol Ryder, for being my sounding board and being like a mother and sister and best friend. My wife, Randy, for following me all around the world and putting her life on hold while raising our children. And the last person I want to mention is Scott Anthony for being a coach, mentor, and friend to me. He shows me that anything is, anything is possible if you apply yourself and quit coming up with excuses why you can't do something. And then he made a secondary response. He says, Kevin, this uh, what's even better is just taking a moment to recognize the people that we mentioned. Uh, we often get caught up in the daily tasks and forget forget the simple words of Thank you. So Kevin, thank you for allowing us to use your platform to bring this up, man, my honor. And I got to say candidly that my intent was to do my own tagging and I just didn't get around to it yet. And I still want to do that. I want to take this opportunity to reach out, to make a list and just to reach out and say, man, you have meant uh, something to me. And here is why I know uh, right now behind me on a wall, I've got a picture and in the corner of it, I have a little postcard from a dear long-term friend of mine and out of the blue. I don't know what prompted him. Maybe he heard a show like this once and I just got a letter from him and he just said what the, the, the value I had brought to his life. And he named a specific instance, uh, and what, how it led them to move to a different place and pursue a different path in life that he's grateful for. And he gave me credit for that. It's sitting on my wall because it meant so much to me that I had that much meaning in somebody's life. And I'm thinking how many people out there that I probably thanked. I probably thanked you, Tom, for different things, but have I really told you the value that you have in my life? Uh, and the answer is no, not to the degree that I experience it. And I just, I am not a natural encourager. I don't think to talk. I, I think these beautiful thoughts and I don't put them out there. So to make the exercise, it's like goal planning, to actually put it on paper and to put it out there. Though in this case, what a gift to somebody else. Um, Tara, she says, uh, Tara Netson, she says, uh, Marcy Tucker helped me take the steps needed to get out of a very bad situation. Advocates like her are absolutely priceless, priceless. Michelle, Michelle Spencer, who is a friend who will drop anything when needed and understands the emotional trauma I dealt with. And most of all, Lance Nutson, who will hold my hand and gave me, gave my, and have my back as we go through anything. Uh, you know, some of these Tom just. I think is going to point to, I think my concern is this, as people hear this, it sounds great. And realizing if they don't have that, hopefully if you do have some of these relationships, it's confirming and you can reach out to those people, tell them how, what a value they are in your life. We can strive to be that in other people's lives. But as you know, we're in this culture right now and we say it over and over. It's gotten to be pretty pithy, but it is every day growing in, uh, in a negative way of, we're all more connected ish, 
but we have less intimate relationships. And these types of testimonies, I'm afraid, are getting less and less as we are not involved in people's lives face-to-face, hand-to-hand, back-to-back as much. Uh, well, matter of fact, gosh, you're, you know, it's, it's your buddy and my friend, um, Howard Partridge, who wrote the book. What was the title? Community? The power of community, the power of community. And in essence, my, my take on it, Tom was just in the same aspect that I talk about exercise. So exercise, I believe highly in, I think it's unfortunate. It's, it's kind of a stupid artificial, uh, necessity in today's day and age, because a couple hundred years ago, and for the span of time before that life was exercise. Well, now we just happen to be in a place where we don't have to have exercise, physical exertion to survive. We can sit at a desk like you and I are right now and look into a screen and make our revenue and then go buy whatever we need or have it delivered even more so today. You don't have to move a muscle. So we have to artificially put in exercise. And to some aspect, Howard talked about that in the book. And folks, if you type in Howard Partridge, The Ziegler Show, it may be the last uh, interview I did with him, but it was yeah, the power of community. And he talks a bit about that about how we used to rely on community. We had to have community because we couldn't do everything. Uh, and so I think about my grandparents and they went and got milk over here and they got this need over there and the hardware store over there and the thing to take care of the horse over here. And they then also provided things, crops that they were doing that other people weren't doing. And it, it was necessary. Everybody had to do their part. Otherwise they couldn't really exist today. Again, we don't need that to survive now to flourish. Absolutely. And that's what we're talking about, but to survive, we don't need that. And so I realized with my life, I don't have to go out there and interact. I can take care of it uh, by myself and my phone and, you know, my computer and whatever, and have everything done. If I'm going to have relationships, I have to do that proactively. So every Friday used to be Thursday morning, but every Friday morning now, but it's been for years, I go meet with a, a group of guys. Um, now I'm doing that on a Monday morning with a bigger group of guys, Christian business guys. And I'm doing this. I don't have to, but I do it to show up because I know the value of those relationships. And I would say that the necessity of those relationships, if I want to flourish. So today I don't need them to survive, but I need them to flourish. Tom. Yeah, you know, it's one of those choices. You know, every single day we get up and we we make choices. We choose to brush our teeth. We choose, hopefully, to get dressed. We choose to go to work. Uh, and then when it comes to our own soul, right, the wellness of our soul, uh, a lot of times we say, well, maybe tomorrow. Well, maybe tomorrow. Well, maybe tomorrow. And, you know, Bob Bodine's written extensively about this, uh, the power of who. And he talks about, you know, friendship, yeah. uh, which, you know, I, I can see that, you know, there's a lot of mentor uh, type uh, difference making comments in, in, that we've been going through. But I can also see the friendship that's in there. Right. I mean, yeah. it's like something like I think the study was like 70 percent of men who made a catastrophic moral dis- failure said that they wouldn't have done it if they'd had one true friend. Wow. To, to talk to about it. Right. So our, our, this, the, the quality of our choices, the life, the big life choices that get people in trouble, if we get it wrong, would be enhanced uh, dramatically. If we had one true friend who just wanted the best for us, who we yeah. could share our heart with. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's what a great mentor does. 
and you know, and there's different levels of that. And what I'm talking about is that, that deepest level that says, Hey, I know you. Mm-hmm. And like Bob Bodine says, a true friend is someone who can play the words to the song of your heart when you forget those words. Wow. Right. They can say them back to you. Yeah. And you know, so the, the couple uh, of people who mentioned their spouse, their wife, that's what they were talking about. Hey, I know this person so well that when I'm totally down and out, they could repeat back the words of my heart so I could remember. That is beautiful. And that, you know, I do want to make a, a point out of that, that, there are some people and you hear about them, especially people of influence and they have a lot of relationships. Now the depth of those, we don't know. And I would say myself, I have a, I have a, an incredible amount as you do, Tom, an incredible blessed amount of acquaintances of people that I could call friends, people that I can call or I could text for, um, or email for, uh, you know, some counsel or ask a question or whatnot. They don't know my song. They don't know me. Uh, the people that know that are, are far fewer. And I'm a person that uh, I'm, I'm probably going to veer on the, the lesser side, lesser and deeper. I mean, my, you know, outside of my wife, my best friend, Randy James, Dr. Randy James, as you know, we work in the same office. He's on the other side. I can hear him talking to a patient right now. And uh, we have lunch probably average four days a week, 12 o'clock hits. And he like today he walked over and said, Hey, you got time? I said, yeah, Absolutely. Um, and grab lunch. We actually go into his office where the sun shines, and we sit on the floor. I don't know why there's chairs around, but we like to sit on the floor and we have lunch and we may talk about a business thing, but more often than not, we end up talking about our families right now. We're talking about our kids. We've both got middle school boys and we're concerned about different things in their lives. And that's been the, the topic for a lot of days here. And we go deep. I get to spend time with you almost every week. We do these calls just about every, average every, every week at this point. But we've also outside of that, just been walking together for yeah, many years. I feel that way you mentioned before, if it was 2010, was that really when I was there? Uh, it doesn't seem like a, it does on one hand, it doesn't seem like a decade. And on the other hand, it seems like such a long time, but just speaking back to the investment and like what you said, it brought to mind that when you said, even if it's one person, one deep relationship can be the saving grace. Uh, so it, to, to people out there who it feels overwhelming just to hear what Tom, what you said, Tom, if, even if it's just one, even better if it's two or three or four, but even if it's just one, the value is what's well, priceless. Um, all right. I got one. Well, there's a bunch more. Thank you all for uh, sharing here, but this has been so rich. Uh, I'm not going to go through all of them, but I, I do want to mention this one because it's fun. Dion Uwe. Uh, so Dion is a Ziggler listener been listening to the show. He lives in Malaysia. Um, let, let me, let me read his real quick. He said, uh, and I'm not sure if I'll get the name right. Ravinther Raman, my mentor, my friend, my brother in Christ, who has inspired me to be the best of me and encouraging me to strive for excellence unto God almighty. I'm blessed to have known him. So Dion contacted me. I don't know how many months ago. And he said, we have an event uh, that's happening here in Malaysia. And we want you to come and be the keynote speaker. 
And I was uh, so, so grateful. At first, I wasn't even sure. Is this, is this a, you know, you get a lot of inquiries. Is this legit? Uh, he works <laughs> with, uh, in Malaysia, Penang Island, and they have the Penang Skills Development Center. But what I have seen by becoming Facebook friends with Dion and now talking with him is he is a, he seems to be a people person. He is an encourager. And his, all of his posts are, are a lot of them about just enjoying life. He is a coffee lover. Half his posts are just about coffee. He's enjoying somewhere with somebody, his family, uh, but they do business together. And he is part of this uh, group. It's not his primary gig, his primary vocation, but the Penang Skills Development Center. And it's just about developing people in this area. This event that they are flying me and some other speakers into is just to invest in their local community. This is not some international event. It's it's only going to be for 150 of the leaders in that area. And he is so bent on yeah, relationships. It seems it's just been a sweet testimony. I can't wait to meet him more. We've done a, a zoom call now together. Uh, but it doesn't surprise me in the least that he has people that are mentoring his life because it looks like he's the kind of guy who invests in others and sees the intrinsic value in these relationships. Um, and Tom, I, you know, again, I know you, you have a, a unique place. You have your entire life of seeing the value of encouragement from your, you know, from your dad and the people he has influenced, but also that you got to see that he was just a product of all the people who took the time to influence him. And, you know, on this, I mean, at the end of the day here, Tom, the end of this show, the question is who can we be that for and how can we find that in our lives. You know what? I'll just leave you with that question too, with the people who are sitting there struggling with, gosh, I get it, but uh, you know, who do I get? Cause it feels selfish. Who am I going to go out and ask to invest in me? That, that can feel daunting and feel overwhelming, uh, right there. And what would you say to help alleviate that overwhelming perspective? Yeah, I would do two things. Um, the first thing I would do is you know, just take a, just take a look at your friends, take a look at your friends. And, and I'm, you know, most of us, we have at least a few friends in our life, you know, that, that we can look and say, you know what, if I spent more time with them, life would be better. And so claim them, tell them, tell them that you're, that they are your friend. You love them, right. That you, that you, you know, enjoy the time that you appreciate what they've done. Uh, Bob Bodine's book, we already mentioned, he's been on the podcast a number of times, The Power Who will give you some guidance there. And then secondly, kind of look into the future and say, who's the person I want to become? What is it in my life that I want to take to the next level? And then in your circle, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be, uh, you know, somebody that just somebody that, you know, or can connect to who's known in that area that you already know, Hey, that's a person of integrity. That's the key. The first, the first thing in a mentor relationship is they've got to have the foundational character qualities, you know, cold stone. I mean, just foundationally, they are solid. And then they also have something uh, that will, will help you, become the person that God created you to become and reach out to them. Yeah. It's the cup of coffee. It's going to come by. And we talk ab about the process and in, in the born to win book, but literally the, you know, if you've never had a relationship with them, if they, if they don't even really know you, 
that first meeting is just 15 minutes, yeah. right? It's just 15 minutes. You can buy them coffee. You can go to their office. You can meet on wherever they say and just say, hey, I'm looking to grow. Uh, and I respect who you are and, and what you've done. And gosh, I, you know, here's kind of what, what I would like to become someday. What advice do you have? Mm-hmm. And, and just limit it to about 15 minutes. Yeah. And even if it starts getting great, just honor their time and say, hey, the 15 minutes is up. I'm going to take what you said. I'm going to apply it. It's okay if I get back to you and fill you in. Right. And then when that happens, when, when you set that second, you'd fill them in on what you did with it. I tell you what, mentors are, people are shocked when somebody calls them back and says, Hey, remember when we talked, you said I should do this. I did it. Here's what happened. They will pour into you. Yep. So back to that, ask what we talked about earlier, ask, ask and often ye shall receive. There you go. Tom, brother, thank you. Uh, Always a gift. And thank you for being on my wall of gratitude. Okay, friends. So who has helped you in your life? Might be a great time to let them know again, or for the first time, maybe. And then who are you helping? And if you need help, how can you take now, right now, a step towards getting some help from other people. Uh, Whose wall of gratitude are you going to be on? Great questions to think about and ponder and take action on. And thank you as always to everyone who shared their experience on Facebook by responding to my question. Well, coming up in episode 755, divide your time between I, we, and us. Uh, This is the habits show with Stephen and Mara Klemek. Your time, especially your personal time has three components. The time you give to I yourself is vitally necessary. We time would be working together or parenting or the duties of life, even social engagements. Us time is then the intentional focus time on an intimate relationship like date night, for instance. Well, this highlights the relationship spoke on the Ziggler wheel of life as I went through it for our habits show with again, Stephen and Mara Klemek. They were my guests in show 753, where we talked about the four principles of behavior that rule our lives. Well, this is my first time going through the habits show with a couple, and it was really valuable to hear how they make room to accommodate differing habits uh, to cater to their differing personalities. We also discussed Mara's three bouts with cancer, the challenge of living up to their own message together. And the reality that these authors and speakers are, as they say, dreadful introverts. I think you'll really enjoy and get a lot of value from auditing this couple's healthy habits for success. Till then, folks, thank you as always for letting me walk with you as we inspire our true performance together.